Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros, and I am your host today. Thanks so much for finding some time in your busy day to spend with me. I know we've got so many things going on in our lives, and I'm always honored when someone spends some time with me. So today's topic is the staffing industry. Yes, we're still talking about franchising, but we're specifically talking about the the staffing industry. It's predicted, this particular industry is predicted to grow by 11% in 2021. That's huge, but also keep in mind that it had an 8% downcline last year in 2020. So if you're listening to this recording, it's August the 19th of 2021. And you know, folks, I don't know of an industry out there that wasn't impacted by the pandemic. I read an article that talked about the benefits of using a staffing agency. One of them was that it reduces an employer's overhead costs. You know, permanent employees, they actually cost more than their salary. You know, there's the space, there's benefits and everything that goes along with that. Whereas a staffing agency is paid for the work that they do. They find a candidate, they match the candidate with the employer and the employer hires them and the staffing agency is paid for that. Uh, Another benefit is access to talent, um, talent networks. So an employer may be looking for a professional in a specific industry that is um, that has certain criteria or knowledge or certifications, and they may not have access to that. So a staffing, a staffing agency does because they have referral partners, they have um, a network uh, that they really, um, they really have built relationships with these candidates. So that is what we're talking about today with Jason Leverant. And Jason is the president and C, um, COO, chief operating officer of At Work. At Work is an award-winning national franchise of staffing services with more than 75 locations in 28 states. Please help me in welcoming Jason to the show. Jason, welcome to the show today. Hey, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to uh, share some insights into the staffing industry because there are uh, exciting times to come and and currently experiencing them, of course, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, And Jason, it is crazy times right now. And a lot of this is because of what happened last year in 2020. Before we get started with that, Jason, tell me a little bit about your background and what attracted you to At Work? You know, it's it's interesting. I, I was in 
the staffing industry prior to joining the Outwork group. Um, I was actually, uh, funny story, my background was actually in more marketing and brand development, and I was working for a large sporting goods manufacturer prior to even entering the staffing space. Um, uh, circumstances uh, uh, were that kind of saw, saw me falling into staffing. I was looking for an, uh, my next opportunity, and uh, one of the, the the world's largest staffing firms, a company called Ramstad, actually um, really fit the bill. And, and I had an opportunity to join them and start working local markets, developing territories, and really found uh, uh, a lot of success in those efforts. And so, as I grew with the role, I was really I had this motivation that I still wanted to make an impact in, on an industry in a large, in a more a larger capacity on a, on a national scale. And so. You know, Atwork was uh, looking for somebody to represent the brand from a sales perspective on a national level, and so, you know, it's really my calling. I, I funny story, I, I went down the channels of uh, applying via a job board that night. I got a, a message from the founder and CEO of the company, a gentleman who I admire and have worked with directly daily for the last almost 14 years. Um, that night, saying, "Hey, uh, love your resume. Let's talk." And really, the rest is history. About six months of interviews and conversations brought me to a sales role—not uh, a franchise sales role, but a, an actual, you know, commercial-facing brand development side, growing, uh, you know, growing customers and such in, in the market. And, and a, a, as I grew in my career with with Outwork, as I developed a, an appreciation for not only the staff, greater appreciation for the staffing industry, but the franchising model, helping people enter this space. It has so many, uh, so many massive uh, upside, lots of upside, lots of positives, lots of wins. Um, it's really helped me excel. Now, I, I've taken a, a really um, strong approach, you know, probably because of my marketing background, to to really elevate the Atwork brand. And so I've done a lot of industry work representing Atwork in a, in a large capacity for the entire staffing industry. You know, we've we've really been recognized time and time again. Uh, for our efforts for advocacy in the industry, whether it be from legislative advocacy, um, uh, really uh, in, in enrichment of, of folks in the industry. Because in my, my opinion, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. So if I can make the staffing industry a better place for everyone, it's a much better place for our franchisees and owners. And I know how competitive, how well we perform at, in, by comparison to the industry, we win. So that, that's mm-hmm. really led to a lot of nations and accolades that we've experienced. So, yeah. Sure. You know, Jason, as you mentioned in, at the top of the show, these are some crazy times right now. It, and it is. Yeah. And it, as a matter of fact, you know, I mentioned in the green room that um, I'm actually doing presentations on the great resignation. It's a huge movement. Tell me a little bit about how – these times and the great resignation has impacted at work. Yes, yeah, so so as you termed it, the great resignation. I believe Sherm, uh, the Society for Human mm-hmm. Resource Management, has termed it. Uh, uh, was it Johnny C. Taylor, the the president and CEO there, has termed it the turnover tsunami. This, this mm-hmm. aspect of just everybody is is the, the specifically in certain roles where you would think historically would go back in time, you know. 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, you'd get that job, you would stay at that job. That was kind of a mark of, of a great employee. They would stay in a role for years and years and years, and that tenure really just, just established the fact that, you know, Jason, he's a great player because he's been here for X amount of time. Now we've seen that that – and there's a lot of contributing factors we can talk about that have come to this point where we are today where 
people are, are, are realizing that they can make adjustments, they can make change in their, in their careers, they can move employers without any kind of negative impact on their, on their mm-hmm. resume. No, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, we've seen such fluidity, and especially depending on where you're looking at, from whether it be a, a wage bracket, a, a, a demographic. So are we talking New York City? Are we talking uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, where I'm located mm-hmm. at? You know, there, there are different types of opportunity, opportunities presented, and you're seeing levels of turnover, um, you know, vary based on the types of positions. You know, in our world, we, we experience turnover and have as an industry of our external employees, our talent that are out on assignment. That's natural for our industry. That's just a, a part of our role because we're placing people on assignment with the intention of them tra- transitioning off our payroll to the employer's payroll. But now mm-hmm. we're seeing it at an unprecedented rate within our client customers, and that's driving this massive. I mean, you can't you can't go to a business today without seeing a now hiring sign on that business right. and probably every business surrounding it. Uh, the demand for talent is unbelievable right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think there are a lot of factors, and we could probably spend days in in discussing this. But I think there are a lot of factors out there. But one of the things that I believe happened during the pandemic, and I call it, I, and I call the pandemic this great pause. It allowed us to take that pause. It was a forced pause, but it allowed us to take that pause and kind of reevaluate. Where is my career going? Uh, I kind of liked having dinner with the kids at night instead of spending two, two and a half hours a day commuting. You know, it's really, uh, I think I can manage uh, having Zoom sessions with my clients instead instead of flying across the country. So I believe that all of that is playing a big factor in uh, in some of this um, this you know this turnover that you're talking about. So Jason, yeah. tell me a little bit about the services that At Work offers. Is it contract staffing or contract to hire or direct hire? Um, who is it that what what positions are you filling? Well, Linda, it sounds like you know the vocabulary pretty well. We got to talk. Well, maybe you can change uh, careers and jump over to uh, join us. <laughs> no, you're, you're all of the above. All of the above. You know, so we are a okay. full service. What we would consider a commercial staffing organization. So our primary uh, target uh, business to serve is going to be your, uh, you know, office clerical, administrative or manufacturing warehouse type uh, uh, situation. So we go to those, those partners and we do, like I said, all of the above. We'll do contract staffing, we'll do contract to hire staffing, direct hire opportunities, kind of emergency staffing, short-term fills, long-term fills. You're really uh, boutique or bespoke based on the needs of that end customer. Um, universally though, uh, we, we've noticed that the, the demand is there. I mean, uh, whatever arrangement we wanna go forward with, if we have access to talent, our clients are saying, please help us. We, we need that mm-hmm. help. But, but it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, our primary focus, so I'm speaking from a position of uh, the roles that we're servicing are typically going to be your, your entry-level positions. Our work is not, uh, 
you know, really, we don't focus a tremendous amount of, um, of bandwidth on your executive or, or mm-hmm. management level positions. There are some specialty firms that, uh, that serve mm-hmm. that typical category. Our focus is more positions that are kind of ground floor, entry level positions that drive, you know, typically larger volume opportunities. So within a call center, your, your frontline help desk professionals, your customer service representatives, or in a warehouse setting, your uh, material handlers, machine operators, things of that sort. Um, as a mm-hmm. franchise model, that, that breeds uh, opportunity for growth within our franchise owner's portfolio. So it gives them that volume opportunity to scale their business effectively. And we found mm-hmm. that that's a very lucrative space to play in. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so speaking of franchise, what does that franchise opportunity look like, Jason? Are you looking for fran- prospective franchisees who have HR experience or staffing experience? Who makes a good franchisee? Ah, great question. That's something that we are constantly evaluating. I think it's the the great the the great question that that many franchisors are always looking at. What makes the best, very best franchise owners create that A player profile, and uh, and and replicate those those top performers. So for us, we look at you know optimally. I mean, yes, of course, staffing experience is wonderful. That is a a big plus, and it's an it's one of our areas of kind of target profile when it comes to prospective owners. But we realize that our industry is very narrow, and so we're introducing the industry to folks that come from other backgrounds. So when we prioritize, you know, in my order of priority is sales background, typically business-to-business based sales, sales managers and directors, those that have managed sales team and effectively executed sales themselves, uh, make a great kind of second tier right behind the experienced and established staffing professionals. Uh, you also, folks who have owned businesses before, especially service businesses, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the staffing and the staffing branch is a service-based organization. So you have a B2B sales approach uh, on a service-oriented uh, solution. So if you can put those two components together, so business ownership in the service industry and sales really drive the optimal candidates for us. You know, managing teams, customer service, things of that sort, those are kind of those, those, those experiences. Just add those pluses to somebody's profile and background to make that, that perfect candidate for us. So. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking and talking with a candidate, that um, a prospective franchisee who does not have staffing experience, what kind of training do you offer them? We, we are, uh, offer extensive upfront and ongoing training. It's an area for I'm still being trained. I, I've been in the industry for quite some time, and I'm always learning things new. I'm a very big proponent of lifetime learning. But we, we have a, a great kind of initial on-ramp to the staffing industry via uh, various kind of steps, you know, systemic steps in the process. So really even starting pre-hire through Discovery Day, you can see elements of, of training, if you will, sprinkled there through Discovery Day. We, we uh, have our owners walk through a two-day launch camp just a week or so after they execute a franchise agreement, followed by, and typically in the same week, a three-day branch shadow where they're spending time in one of our flagship locations to kind of see and experience what a, what a highly effective, high-performing branch looks and feels like. Uh, through their 90-day kind of onboarding and, and opening process, they're going through many, many e, e, you know, kind of online tutorials driven by our LMS platform, um, ultimately culminating in a, a week-long instructor-led training and then a week-long follow-up within their own branch uh, out in the field. So uh, beyond that, mm-hmm. we, we offer 
effectively monthly ongoing live live con, uh, instructor-led training, ongoing training opportunities, webinars from our field team, as well as two different coaches that work with them through the, the opening of their business. So training is everything, especially in the service industry. We're not really selling a widget that has a specific mm-hmm. parameter. It's very, much a, it's, an, it's very much an art versus a science. So we, we're mm-hmm. always coaching. We're always developing our owners to help them improve their skills. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're talking about a branch or a territory, what does a territory look like with at work? Oh yeah, so so we you know territories are typically carved, and I'll, and I'll give you the the uh, the the FTD and franchise agreement uh, definition, but we we look deeper than that. So in order to really provide parameters, our territories are based out of zip codes, but we look for more than just a, a you know a set of zip codes. We tie it to population or employee oper- you know how many employees are effectively in that uh, that territory and in the surrounding territories. But most importantly, because the way our territories, protected territories, with our customer base looks. We identify prospective clients, so the prospective customers in the market. And we have specific parameters where we run prospect count searches. We look at who makes a good prospective customer. We look at the, the revenue opportunity within that uh, territory through that prospect base. And so at the end of the day, into like a long story short, population, customer count, and total estimated revenue opportunity help drive a protected mm-hmm. territory for, a, for an owner. And so we we do not want to sell somebody a, a, a territory where they can't be successful. So we look at all these different leverage points to make sure we grant the the every territory is a is a winnable territory. So mm-hmm. now, is this a work from home model, a home based business, or is it a small office space? What what would someone want to uh, set up for themselves office type they would want to set up for themselves to be successful. Yeah, great, excellent question, and uh, I, I'll get to the work from home in just a minute because that's something that's very intriguing to me. But let's just go to our model today. We are a, a bricks and mortar based model still, so we still do require a physical office location within the territory. Now we're not; it doesn't have to be in your primo. Uh, retail space that's dramatically more expensive than some of your other office um, uh, space that's available in the market. You know, I, I, you know, we found that the most successful offices are typically in your office park type scenario or setting, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you couple that with really strong advertising to drive traffic, uh, foot traffic, and, and, and recruiting traffic to the branch. That's really the purpose of still having a physical physical location. It is it's a tentacle into the market, if you will. It's a node in the market for employees to come to as a central location and for your employees, your internal staff to come together and engage and meet because when we're dealing with volume customers, when we have many, many employees, you know, 100 employees working at one specific site location and that's happening multiple locations across the market, having your team together in one place to communicate and engage in real time does promote, you know, lend itself to a higher level of efficiency in production. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of a model today, but we are exploring and, and there is something that I'm very keyed into right now um, focusing on a work-from-home model because there is a fa- there is a, a, a type of, of staffing professional in industry today, your direct hire recruiters, that typically work from home, that do some work-from-home yeah. work. Uh, we're trying to potentially expand that opportunity to create a, 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 an interesting kind of downstream uh, supplemental franchise model under the at-work group to provide a work-from-home model targeting a very specific staffing line. So we're going to be narrowing it, but also one a line that is more conducive or, or more um, receptive to a kind of a work from home structure. So yeah, yeah, I love that because so many companies are realizing that 
their employees can be just as effective working from home. Yes. And in some cases, they're more effective because they're not interrupted all day long and distracted. So uh, I think, again, I think that big pause definitely um, uh, shed some light on some different ways of, ways of doing business. So, Jason, so when we're talking about um, a franchisee coming on and you have, they've identified the territory, they've identified the, the office space, um, how do you help them market and get the message out when they get ready to open their business? What kind of assistance do you help them with? This is a great question, and because of my background in marketing, I have a special, there's a special place in my heart for brand development and really making a splash in, in the marketplace. So we have a, you know, the, one of the largest departments in our organization is our marketing department driving, uh, you know, uh, content and making that big, uh, you know, really uh, wake in, into a market to, uh, to create excitement, to generate some initial brand awareness from our clients and from our talent. So, you know, anywhere from, you know, obviously pre-seeing the market through extensive social media and, and, and Google SEO paid ad campaigns to drive uh, awareness on the brand to what we've moved into recently is extensive video advertising and uh, video work. And that's an area that the staffing industry as a whole has fell behind on. The rest of the, the, rest of the world mm. is using video in every form or facet, but the staffing industry as a whole has been re relatively weak in that regard. I intend to change that, and we've done a lot of work. We have a full recording studio and a, and a, a team of uh, videographers here at the, uh, at the corporate office driving video content for our franchisees' entry, entry into the market and then ongoing development of the brand. But, yeah, that's something that from the minute they sign the franchise agreement, the marketing director is directly is engaging with that owner, st structuring a plan, has a, effectively a template plan, but we're modifying it every time for each market that we're going into. But, you know, things uh, as little as our, our franchisees' branch location pages on our website, we've designed those to look and feel like their own standalone website. Mm -hmm. uh, they look clean. They're professional. I've seen others attempt to do that, but they tend to look a bit they, – they fall short. Where mm -hmm. if you look to our location pages, they look and feel like a standalone website. You know, they, our owners mm -hmm. have their, you know, vanity domains that direct to that. We advertise heavily to drive traffic because at the end of the day, you know, there's lots and lots of noise out there. There's lots of people hiring. What's going to make AtWork stand out and drive those applicants, those employees, to us versus to Ronstadt, Manpower, Kelly, or your, your local factories, your local call centers, your local uh, customer service shops? That's what we have to do, and at the same token, uh, on the recruiting and on the sales side, the client development side, despite the fact that there are lots and lots of employers hiring today, it doesn't mean you still don't have to build relationships with people. So, attacking early, creating a awareness of the brand early, it's just so critical to do. And and so we we effectively offload so much of that from that owner because they've got so much going on starting their business up. We want to mm -hmm. make it easy for them to enter mm -hmm. a market, knowing that wow. All these look at all this that's already there for me, and I haven't even opened my door yet. So the doors yet. Mm -hmm. It's really a it's a neat approach. So well, you know, Jason, as you're talking, I'm I'm thinking that it would be a great opportunity for someone who is maybe just an an independent recruiter, so to speak, to actually mm -hmm. have a real business. I'm not saying that being an independent recruiter is not a real business. I'm just saying that to tap into AtWorks marketing um, uh, that they that you guys offer and to just actually become an AtWork 
franchisee instead of just being an independent recruiter. Isn't there that opportunity as well? I love the way you think. Yes, absolutely. And that's where we compliment. You know, for us, when we look in the mirror, we're, we're a contract, primarily a contact, contract staffing. You know, when mm-hmm. we look at our, you know, $400 million of revenue, uh, you know, less than 1% of that is, is direct hire executive search. And so, so when we look at most of our businesses are your temporary staffing business owners and models, you know, we're, we're looking today, you, you know, you're calling from our playbook for those independent executive search recruiters who have a, a strong practice, but they're ready to expand their practice. Do they want to mm-hmm. expand it through their marketing? Coverage? Do they want to add contract hourly staffing? It is significantly different than your traditional direct hire. There's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes that they frankly don't have to worry about. And we allow them to not have to continue to not have to worry about it and handle, you know, payroll processing, tax and accounting, your payroll funding components. Uh, you know, marketing is one piece of it, but there's some really complex components that are behind the scenes that, you know, most, most search recruiters, they, they, they don't even look at temp staffing because it can be so complex to, to mm-hmm. implement and roll out. And it creates mm-hmm. personal, mm-hmm. you know, personal guarantees with banks, payroll funding, and things of that sort. Those type of hassle, those headaches, we, we alleviate that. So, yes, you are correct. We are targeting those, those uh, individuals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because just the thought of the, the whole payroll and staying up with the ever-changing regulations or laws, that makes my head swim. I hate to tell you, Jason, but that just <laughs> gives me a headache thinking about that. So to have someone like at work that is totally on top of this, certainly takes a lot of that away from the franchisee, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and let's not even get into, you know, the, the world of tax credits that our franchise opportunity yeah. creates eligibility for, because many of our owners have, have told me, you know, they'll probably probably never have to pay income taxes again because of the massive tax credits that our business model allows them to gain access to by helping people, by simply helping people go to work, people that are, have need go to work. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so folks, if you didn't hear anything else that Jason said, um, just listen to that last statement and about having tax credits. And that should perk up your ears and want to know more. And as a matter of fact, Jason, I would love to hear some stories that um, maybe of a franchisee or maybe of clients that you've been able to help. Would you have some stories you could share when we come back from commercial break? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Wonderful. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be more, back with more from Jason Leverett at, with At Work. Welcome to House Talk Radio, where you'll hear from experts across the country educating you on all things house. Here are your hosts, Tony and Wendy. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. 
Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. My guest today is Jason Leverant, and he is, um, we're talking about At Work, which is a staffing franchise. So when we broke for commercial um, break, Jason, I ask if you happen to have some stories that you could share with us. Yes. So so when I was thinking about this question, you know, it brings to mind really, you know, a, a couple specific stories around the impact, you know, really on a couple different facets of, uh, one, the, the staffing industry and the impact you can have in your, in your local community. And then, and then second, the impact uh, that, that we can have as a franchisor helping people enter this space and really find success uh, as an owner. So, so I, the, first, the first is just, you know, really one of the big, um, I guess, plus sizes, uh, plus size, uh, uh, pluses of being in the staffing uh, industry is around our ability to make an impact in the people's lives in our community. You know, we're, we're at, the, at the heart of it. We're helping really great employees find just great jobs. And when we're doing that, we're potentially impacting somebody's life more than, than really you'd think possible in any other franchise concept. And so one of the examples that, uh, that I have is, you know, I, I, this is a personal example that I, I personally experienced when I was working within a branch and, and helping, well, helping one of our at-work flagship locations. You know, there was employees that, uh, that come in every single day, and, and some of the stories you, you hear from, from them regarding why they're looking for jobs are, are um, you know, you hear, you hear it all, but some really stand out. One was uh, the story of a gentleman who was, who was here. He was, he was really on his last leg. He was going to have to relocate away. Um, he had a he had a child that uh, with his with his uh, ex-wife, and he's like, listen, I don't want to leave. I want to be able to stay in this area. I want to see my my daughter. I want to be able to have, you know spend time with her. And I, if I can't do something soon, I'm going to have to go back up. I think it was to Michigan or somewhere like that. Well, great great character, great great uh, experience, uh, good resume. We we found him an excellent job. The the client was just ecstatic. But it was the it was the kind of the end game, the conversations that we had after the fact with the employee, and just following through to say, listen, you know, you don't understand. I, I it was it was worse than I was describing. I was literally getting ready in my car and everything to go, and you helped you helped you know really change wow. my life. And and so that's such a such a ability to make a touch on someone's life to a positive like that. Mm. Those type of experiences happen daily uh, in our branches. You know, we're helping people. Turn their, you know, it could be turning their lives around. It could be making a change for whatever, uh, you know, in their lives. But we're ultimately helping them put food on the table for their mm-hmm. families. It's just a, mm-hmm. such a, a wonderfully special thing to be able to do. And you know, it sounds it's very philanthropic, but we're a for-profit business. We're able to do so and and right. create an income stream for ourselves and for the franchise owners that are that are part of it. So it's a it's there's that that kind of uh, real, um, you know, positive from that standpoint. 
the other side of it, and kind of another story that I, I like to tell is the other end of the spectrum. Well, we are a for-profit organization, and people join us as franchise owners to, to make that income, but to also to create some you know, earnings for themselves, an asset that they have that they can pass down to their families as well. And we have an a, a amazing example of a, of a youngish franchise owner who joined, uh, uh, who came to Discovery Day, and we were, we were really uh, considering them. They, they qualified, but they just you know, barely qualified. Uh, but they they came with a a really bright attitude, and so you know we jumped in, we got them into the into the business. They just hit the ground running, and they found such tremendous success that you know they came back and they're like, we we've created a you know an asset, a business that we could see that we passed on to generations. They had they had little young children, they were working uh, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. They weren't really seeing their kids grow up. They were they weren't they just weren't there for them, and now. They can actually be there for them because staffing presents a nice work-life balance, but the scalability, the financial upside that, that it creates with hard work, uh, with perseverance in the market is, is tremendous. And so, you know, again, I'm not going to drop any names. If somebody's walking through the process, through the validation process, I'm sure they'll hear this story uh, with, with one of our owners. But the ability to create, create income at a tremendous level, to create an asset that has excellent, you know, Wonderful valuation. I mean, right now, the staffing industry from an M&A perspective is unbelievably hot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's all upside from a financial uh, uh, wealth management, wealth building proposition on that end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I can see, Jason, where someone who had a job before, they worked for corporate, you know, there was the ceiling. We know all those stories. I was in it. I was in banking for 30-plus years. I understand how that works. And But for them to be able to have their own business that allows them not to just earn a living, but I say it allows them to learn a, uh, earn a lifestyle or create a lifestyle, yeah. which means, you know, they get to put the kids in private school, but then they're able to go on, just like you're talking about, it's being scalable, go on to create that legacy that they never would have been able to create with that corporate huh? position. You're, you're right. We actually, if you go onto our YouTube channel, we have a great video. It's some testimonials from some of our franchise owners who came from, highly successful careers, 20 plus years in an industry, some from the staffing industry, others, they, they describe it as kind of taking ownership of their career. And, and that's what, really what it is. Not they, They've not only, uh, you know, eclipsed from an income perspective what they ever would have earned, but they've been able to do so while balancing the rest of life. It, it goes back to that kind of checks and balances on what I really want to get out of my life. Yes. Is it is it two hour commutes every day? Is it is it 80 hour, 120 hour work weeks? No, I, I, let's prioritize and put the right things in the right places uh, and that's what the staffing industry lends itself. I mean, we've got many owners who would who would voice that exact uh, uh, statement. So yes, you great great thought, Linda. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Jason, if someone's listening, we're getting close to the end of the show. But if someone's listening, and maybe they are out of work, maybe they want to change careers, um, where would they go to connect with at work to find positions? And then if someone else is listening and is interested in that franchise opportunity, where would they go for more information about that? Yeah, so so the best place to go on, on all fronts is atwork.com, A-T-W-O-R-K.com. Uh, if you're looking for jobs, it's we, we've designed the site to effectively look and feel like a job board. So if you've been to Indeed or ZipRecruiter or CareerBuilder or whatever, 
looks and feels very much the same way. And franchise opportunities, there's a link right at the top, or you go to atworkfranchise.com and you can learn more about the franchise opportunity. But, you know, that, that's, a, that's an area that we've simplified. We want to make sure that the, the, the information, like, just like we've discussed, both on the franchise and the job opportunities, it's all front and center, so it's easy mm-hmm. to find. Wonderful. Well, we're down to those final three questions, Jason. And the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Do your homework. Understand uh, what franchise agreements and franchise disclosure documents are and what they mean. I think that's really, you know, don't go into it uh, really really blindly. And, and then we have the beauty of having uh, the, the world's biggest encyclopedia in front of us with Google. So you, you can do quite a bit of searching and research on what the opportunities look like, what industries are great fits for you. You know, if you're looking at staffing, obviously you don't have to look anywhere else, just come to Outwork. But uh, yeah, I'll let you determine that on your own. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, mm-hmm. do, your, do your homework. I think that's, that's the most important because you're talking about uh, a life-changing activity. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like the fr- franchising and franchise models are a wonderful way for somebody to, to build something that has real value but but do it with a partner. Do it, you know they're not going about it on their own, and so it's it's a great um, like I said you're you're going down the right path if you're looking in the first place. So. Yeah, most definitely. So the second question here is, and I think we've talked a little bit about this, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Okay, so if I'm going to take uh, if I'm going to take the uh, the industry background off the table, I would say it's it's resilience, it's grit. Those. Those yep. uh, and they might kind of go hand in hand. Uh, maybe a, a drive, an internal motivation. You know, I don't care how good the franchise concept is, how great their training is. If you don't have that drive, if you don't have that internal motivation to want to win, uh, to be successful, you're not going to be successful. So that those are mm-hmm. those are key components. Those are traits that are kind of those intangibles that you've got to really dig in and and find uh, through the franchise process on our side, our evaluation process. Does this person have that internal drive to be successful? Do they have the grit and determination, the resilience that it takes to, to, to make it, to, to build their business? Um, that coupled with great training, good marketing, uh, you know, a good background that aligns well with what we're wanting to do, that's a winning franchise owner right there. So. Yeah, most definitely. You know, when you talk about that drive and, you know, that that desire to want something more and work for that, um, one of the things, and folks, if you're listening out there and you're looking at franchise uh, concepts, just know that just because you plug into a brand, yes, you get to leverage that brand but you also have to get out of your pajamas every day. You also have to get out there and you have to put some effort in it. You will only be as successful as the amount of effort that you put in it. You can't rely strictly upon the franchise. Is that right, Jason? I, I was going to say uh, amen to that, or I'll second you on it because, it's, uh, you know, a, a concept, really a concept is only as good as, you know, the end of the day, the the owner is it's a it's a it's a social contract it's a physical contract and a social contract of sorts that we will provide x and you provide y and vice versa and we do what we say we're going to do now it's your turn you've got to get into the market you've got to execute you've got to do this yeah and i was just going back to that conversation on drive and motivation those are those are some kind of innate internal components inner working to somebody some folks just aren't really cut out for business ownership just to be frank mm-hmm. and that's where you really mm-hmm. have to evaluate is this the right thing for me because others are better to have that structure they're better mm-hmm. they're better off having those 
those external metrics that they're going to drive and, and really be competitive towards, you have to be internally motivated, at least in our space, to really be successful. So, Most definitely. Most definitely. So the final question here, Jason, is what does the future of franchising look like? Well, I, I feel like uh, in, in our world, franchising in general, I think it's positive. You see some amazing brands coming to market. You see a lot of great concepts and a lot of, uh, a lot of successful business owners opening up. I'm, I, I'm looking at a relatively small market in East Tennessee, but we're seeing it across the board that franchise-based businesses are more successful. They have the, the great structure. They're leveraging all that experience and guidance. So I feel like franchising, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, un- unclear uh, – I guess, you know, legislative, uh, federal and state level uh, a talk, but at the end of the day, we'll get through it. It doesn't matter. The pendulum swings one way or another. We will get through it, and we've got great representation with the IFA, great advocacy on that front where, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it through whatever the circumstances are, and at the end of the day, I, I feel like, um, you know, again, if we hold stick down to stick to our fundamentals, we're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Absolutely. Jason, it has been great having you on the show. One more time, if someone wants more information about At Work, the services you offer, or the franchise opportunity, where would they go to find that? Easy easy spot, atwork.com, A-T-W-O-R-K, atwork.com, or find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm connected with so many folks, uh, you should be able to find me pretty easily, and I'll steer you in the right place. Wonderful. Jason, thanks again for being on the show. It's been a great conversation. I look forward to staying in touch with you guys. I love the work you're doing. Uh, thank you, Linda. And so, so privileged, honored to be a part of your show. It was really a joy. Thank you. Absolutely. So, folks, I, I hope you, um, again, understand that franchising is no longer burgers and fries. You know, you can take a skill that you have in your corporate position, your current corporate position, and it does translate. It does translate into a franchise opportunity. As always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This one is by Red Adair. Here in Houston, Red Adair was a big hero. He was an American oil well firefighter. So uh, he he was a big hero in Houston. But the quote goes like this. If you think it's expensive to hire a professional, wait until you hire an amateur. So that's exactly what at work helps you do is find the professional so that you don't have to do the cleanup from an amateur that you hired incorrectly. Folks, thanks so much for joining me on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.